Welcome to another episode of On the Highway. I'm your host, Megan Anderson, and each week we bring you an expert in the mortgage and real estate realm. So you can learn how to navigate the housing and real estate highway to take your business to the next level. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get driving. Welcome to another live monthly MBS Highway webinar. I'm one of your hosts, Megan Anderson, along with Barry Habib. And today's special guest, he's the best-selling author of the book, Amplify Your Influence. He's also a keynote speaker, leadership advisor, and transformational speaker coach. And for the past 30 years, he's been researching and applying behavioral neuroscience to solve some of the toughest challenges in leadership, sales, and change. I've experienced his powerful teachings firsthand through his course, Amplify, and there is not a presentation or video I give to this day where his coaching voice does not pop into my head. And today, he is here to teach us how to communicate in a way that will lead to greater impact and influence. Join me in welcoming Renee Rodriguez. Thank you. Wow. I, Megan, we're going to bring you everywhere we go here. And I'm sorry <laughs> that I have to haunt you when, when you speak. That's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I appreciate it's both of you really for having me on. A good thing. <laughs> we're so glad you're here. Yes, we are very excited to have you on. You know, in the green room, we put together such a great webinar for you guys today. And I am I'm really excited to kind of get into the nitty gritty of it all and break it all down. Absolutely. And so I know Renee is going to start off by giving us a little bit of what he teaches. He's going to explain to us what a narrative gap is and how to control that. And then what's going to happen is we're going to come back together. We're going to go over some things that are, you know, hot topics in today's industry. And then we're going to break it all down and learn how to communicate it more effectively. So strap in, get ready. I will be checking that chat box. So if you have any questions throughout today's webinar, please go ahead and put them there. Thanks, Megan. I appreciate the save. I saw the silence. I'm like, oh, that's my cue. I appreciate it. Totally missed Megan, that one. Let's but just make sure that people, Megan, let's just make sure that everyone can participate in the chat. Yes. All right. Everyone should be able to participate in the chat now. If you want to go ahead and say welcome, let me know. Well, I, I, let me see if I can yes, see the chat. Here we go. Thanks, Thanks guys. Very. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Well, first of all, for, foremost, to the both of you. Thank you for having me on. And I think right now, there couldn't be a more important time for what MBS Highway offers. And, and what's crazy, though, I could have gone back 10 years and said the same thing. I could have gone back two years ago, said the same thing, which really means it's always important. But there's a very specific reason why today what you all are a part of is more important than ever. Right now. You have, and you've heard Barry. Barry is the expert. In fact, the first time I learned this was from you, Barry. Like the, I, like I remember it was how, how many years ago when I you said the, the the media is not a public service organization, and I and I swear this is almost embarrassing to go. Wait, what? I was like, they're not. I'm like, I thought they were my friends. Like I thought this was like they're trying to help me understand the world, and I had this really trusting relationship. And I think we all grew up in that. And when you sat there, it was in Minnesota, is at the Hyatt, and you go, and I'm thinking they're not public service, and, and it would scratch my head. And obviously, since then, I know so much more about what's, what it means, but yet all the customers that we serve and that you guys all serve 
probably fall under that unintentionally, that there's a lot of trust given to the media. And when a lot of trust is given, then we follow what it says. But I want to talk about the science around what is happening, because what we have in store for you today is that we're going to take some of the science and understanding this narrative and what that means. And then we're going to transition that into specific scripting that you guys can use to leverage this technology that has been built for you. And when we can leverage those specific scripts, we're going to do it in specific scenarios that today you guys can all go out and turn into real relationships, real conversations, and real business. And so that's what I'm excited about. So what is this thing called narrative? We have to understand narrative is a construct of reality. So what in the world does that mean? So how do we construct reality? Because I used to think, well, reality is reality. It's the same for everyone. Well, it's not. To understand narrative, we have to... We have to understand that feeling that you have right there when I just went off stage. Like, I want to see in the chat, how many of you had a feeling, right? I want to see what, what did you guys say when I just went off stage? Maybe you weren't paying attention, began to pay attention, worried, awkward, what the, uh, for real, did audio cut, what happened? Look at, look at, look at the chat. Everybody look at the chat and look at all these things. Look at what your brains did when we created a gap in the narrative. Your brains immediately, without fail, Filled the gap without fail. And it wasn't, you didn't even skip a beat about what's going on. And so when we think about this gap or this narrative gap, I want you to think about it as this timeline of how we communicate. Let's make it blue. Okay. This timeline of how we communicate. Barry, can you guys see that okay? Yes, we can. Okay. So we've got this timeline of how we understand things. Right now, the story or the narrative is you're on MBS Highway webinar. We've got Barry and, and Megan and this guy named Renee, all this stuff. We're talking about stuff. Hopefully it's valuable to you. And then all of a sudden that narrative just stops and there's this missing gap here. And this gap, now, if a narrative is a construct of reality, that means a gap in the narrative means a gap in what? Our reality. And if there's a gap in our reality, your brain can't handle that because then it doesn't understand what in the world's going on. And so what did your brains do? You all told me that immediately this gap was filled. You filled the gap. So the question is, what did you fill it with? Fire drill, Wi-Fi. Uh, somebody said, ah, oh, technical difficulties, all sorts of stuff. So basically, we filled it with an assumption. I usually like to abbreviate assumption, but which can keep this PG, right? We don't want any ass gaps. Uh, coming around, but it might be a little bit more memorable if we talked about ass gaps. Who knows? So we filled this gap with an assumption. But why weren't they all filled with the same assumption? Why didn't we all say the same exact thing? And here's the crazy part. And somebody said, you're making a point. Good one, Mr. D.R. D. Wood. We're filling it with something different. But why wasn't it all the same? And that's what should haunt you. Because how many gaps do you think are happening on a daily basis? I mean, think about it. How many gaps are happening? They're happening nonstop. And if we're constantly filling gaps with assumption, then we're looking at right now, somebody said too many to count, that most of life then in this, let's just call it the red area here, is an assumption. We're full of assumptions to make sense of what our reality is. Now, there's a couple of people that understand this narrative gap. First is the media. They understand that, that right now there's all sorts of gaps happening. Look at all the things that are said right here. 
if I were to ask you guys, what do you think of the market right now? In fact, what do you guys think? Give me one word to describe the market right now. I want to see what you guys say. Grab your keyboards, put it in there. What do you guys say? How would you describe the current market? Volatile, opportunity, uh, scary, terrible. Look at this. Great, inconsistent, rough. It's carry, saw it coming, opportunity. Uh, man, it's coming up too fast. I love that you guys Draft are Draft sharpening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Josh sharpening. Yeah, there you go. Uh, ridiculous opportunity. So now, next question. Put a different hat on. I want you to put your realtor hats on, your customer hats on, your referral partner. What words are they saying? I want you to see what they say. And I want you to notice what's the one common thing? Not a single positive one there. We had a good maybe 50 to 60% positive opportunity. But now when we're talking about ASCAP, who said ASCAP? Remember who said that? John, nice one. Not a single one of our clients or maybe referral partners are thinking the same thing. And so what is that? That's an opportunity. And so the media understand that there's all these gaps in our communication and the narrative, which means that there's gaps in how we construct it. And if there's a narrative gap and I get to be the one to fill it, then I am in the process of helping construct what? Say it for me, please. Reality. Right? If I can be the, the source of this gap, I am also a co-constructor of the reality that you live under. And so the media understands this. Politicians understand this. I would venture to say Barry's job is to be the trusted source of the narrative gap at the highest level on TV in the highest most unattainable parts of TV, the ones that we trust the most, to go toe-to-toe with the people that we think understand. There's nothing more fun than watch Barry go toe-to-toe with somebody who thinks they know what's going on. All of a sudden, he's like, guys, let me break this down for you. And you watch the breakdown happen. And you say, okay, that's what we're talking about. And so I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Because I want to break this down, and then we're going to get into all of this stuff happening. I want you to imagine we all work for a company. And the CEO doesn't show up. Okay. So CEO doesn't show up. One person says, Oh, psh, CEO didn't show up again. He's probably out getting another yacht. I don't know how many yachts he needs. Okay. Well, there's, there's one way to fill the gap, right? With greed and a yacht. Now, in the same meeting, somebody else says, Oh, he didn't show up again. Or no, excuse me. Oh, CEO didn't show up. Hold on a second. Let me call him and see if he's okay. Another way to fill the gap. So, but the question is, is why, why did we have two? Why don't we just have one? Why did one person use yacht and greed and the other person chose empathy and compassion? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Different assumptions means different sources of the assumption. The person that went to yacht and greed probably had a past experience of greed when it comes to leadership. Maybe their parents were that way. Maybe their previous boss were that way. We used to call it the ghosts of managers past that follow new employees in new places. And so maybe there's a past that he's drawing from that assumption, which is a smart thing to do. Your past sometimes can help you better predict the future. It doesn't determine it, but it can help you predict it a little bit. And then maybe the person who went to empathy and concern maybe had past history of leaders being okay. Or maybe they knew the story of the leader. They knew who they were. They knew their background. They knew that the kid was fighting cancer, or maybe the wife was struggling. And there was something going on and they were on their way to an appointment. If they didn't show up, something must be happening. And so they pulled the source of the assumption based on a little bit better data that's closer to the person. 
And so if you think about this, so what does all this mean? Okay. Cause I want you, all of this might be interesting, but what does this mean to you? And this is the question you should be asking yourself. What does this mean to your customers? What does this mean to all of these things? What it means is, is how do I control the narrative gap when I'm not around about me? Because that's really what my brand is, is how people fill the gaps when I'm not, I can't be everywhere all the time, but when I'm not there, how is somebody filling that gap for me? And the best way to be the source is through your story. If somebody knows my story, what becomes the source? It's not their past experiences. It's my story, who I am, what I believe and where I come from. This is also goes to the importance of personal branding. I tell people all the time, I said, imagine if you had 2,000 foot soldiers out there in the street and their job was to show up, for instance, they knew your calendar and they show up to every single meeting before you show up to tell people, say, you know what, uh, man, Eric and Kelly, man, those guys are awesome. Have you seen the, book, the videos that Kelly's done and, and the book that Eric wrote? And man, this is what's going on. This is what all his customers are saying about him. And man, he's awesome. Did you know he's doing this? He's done this. And then you show up to the meeting and these foot soldiers have done such a good job that the people can't wait to meet you. Like, man, I've heard so much about you, man. So good to see you. And then you do your meeting, your presentation. And then when you leave, those 2,000 foot soldiers stay to go, what'd you think? Let me remind you what he said. This is what it means to you. And this is what's going on. And to remind them of who you were. How many people would love to have those 2,000 foot soldiers? I'd love it. Well, who are those foot soldiers? That is your personal brand. Your brand shows up to meetings before you do, and your brand remains long after you leave. Here's the tough part. Every single one of us has a brand, but few of us know what the brand is, and few of us have actually taken proactive control to ensure the narrative of our brand. Some people, what if your 2,000 foot shoulders showed up to all your meetings to go, hey, uh, this person you're about to meet with, they're kind of flaky. They don't always follow through. Or they, you know, they got a little negative history and it's like, you know, just caution. Anyways, I'll see you later. Enjoy your meeting. And you show up and the person's like this. That's branding. And then after you leave, they're showing up and saying, so what'd you think? I told you a little shady, right? That's your brand. That's what people tell about you. So all the things that we're talking about here, we're talking about narrative and narrative gaps and narratives are constructs of reality and narratives are happening all the time. Those gaps are happening. So the question is, what does all this mean? Here's what this means, that your goal this year, this goal for the rest of your career should be the, to be the trusted source of the narrative gap for your customers, for the people that work for you, for your family. You need to be that trusted source. And so the question is, how then do I become that? Every time I hear Mary, uh, Barry and, and Megan speak, I'm going... Could anybody lay it out any easier on how to be that? I mean, if you're talking about how to be the trusted source on, on personal training, then go eat well, go get a six pack and go look good and create video. I look at you. Hey, makes sense. You know how to do this. If you're fat and out of shape and you're trying to tell me how to, you're going to be my personal trainer. I'm going to be like, Ooh, I don't know if you're my trusted source here. Credibility is not there. You tell me how to build wealth. I might say, well, how much wealth do you have? If you're going to help me grow my following, well, how many followers do you have? Like we grew our following right now. If you're not following, go to Learn with Renee. Megan, if you could throw that in there, or, or, or Madison, Learn with Renee on Instagram. I do a video a day on all of this stuff. But 
when I, st- I did this for so long and I couldn't get followers, we finally figured out the formula. We're now over 114,000 followers in the last four months. Now, finally, I can, I maybe have an opinion on it. Would I say I'm an expert? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but I'm better than a lot of people. But still, I think my, my, my measure of expertise, I, give me two more years, then I'll tell you how to do it. I want two years of growing this so that when I say something, I can say I took it from zero to this number, zero to this number, and now I can help you. But now, look at MBS Highway. I've been in your industry over 20 years. If I'm going to talk finances, there's only one source I'm going to. I'm going here to listen to and taking verbatim what's being said. Like you, when you, Megan, when you showed me that, that the teleprompting thing that you guys do, you come up with the script and I just read it. Guys, the job is being done for you. And if you do that enough, you'll start owning that information. And if you share it with enough people, guess what you become? The trusted source. So we're talking a lot about chat GPT lately, which I think is fascinating. I, I, I'm a huge fan of what it is. It's also a big caution to a lot of people. People say, well, they're going to use it to cheat. I said, well, Google was there. Somebody said, we're using it to cheat. I'm like, well, hold on a second. I said to somebody literally yesterday, he's like, well, I think people are just kind of using it to cheat. And I said, well, well, okay. So do you have a car? And they go, yeah. I said, well, why don't you walk? You're not meant to go that fast. Why would you use an external thing that isn't part of you to make you move faster? I mean, come on, man, you're cheating. You should be walking and maybe running instead of getting in a car. So no, it makes no sense. If a car can help me get from point A to point B faster, it makes more sense. Now, chat GPT, AI is going to help you think faster. Here's the thing. ChatGPT will write you a great script, but it won't deliver it for you, at least with any passion and trust and authenticity. ChatGPT could write you a love letter to your wife or your significant other, but it can't deliver it with that sense that is irreplaceable or the hug to follow or that kiss that really hits the spot. ChatGPT will do all sorts of things, but there's the delivery side of this. So here, we've got all of these wonderful things that are being laid out for you. You got the scripting, you got the technology, all that stuff. Now the question comes into how hard will we work to become the trusted source? How many reps will we get in? Do you have a measurement of how many times did I practice X script? How many times did I do this next piece? And so I, I want to pause there, Megan, for just a minute because we kind of made the point of trusted, you know, what we mean by the narrative gap. But I just want to make sure that we save enough time to really get, you know, to the nitty gritty scripting of this. So I'll pass it back to you for any questions or or how you want to proceed on this. Yeah. So, you know, right now, and Barry, feel free to come in here as well and give us your opinion on this, but there's a lot of things being thrown around in the media that are filling that kind of narrative gap to our clients. You know, when you mentioned to the audience in one word, describe what your clients feel about the market. I got to say the number one response that came in was fear. People are afraid right now. And with that, there's a lot of questions that you guys are getting repetitively asked. And part of the reason that you're getting these questions is because the media is forecasting all of these stories and putting all these stories out there about it. So a few kind of topics that I thought we could cover that you guys have heard many times. We've talked about these things on the morning update And I hope that we can come in and kind of fill, okay, how do we come and have that conversation, whether it be in a video or having a conversation with our clients, is one question that's getting asked is buying a home during a recession. 
Is it a good idea? Do we want to buy a home for a recession? Are we headed for a recession? That is one key topic that is being brought up repetitively, again, in the media and scaring your clients. I think there's- Love it. So buying home to a recession. Barry, I'm going to pass this to you because I want to play off of what you say on this. Well, there's there's a lot uh, that's that's out there right now. There's our home prices going down. Is there a housing bubble? Um, we have to be able to understand what's going on and to articulate that, Renee. That's it's, it's critical because, as you mentioned, the media is not our friend. The media is just trying to get eyeballs. So, pick a topic that's that's out there. They're all important. You know, Megan mentioned the recession aspect, and that's really important. And which way are rates headed? Why? What does the Fed? Pardon me. What does the Fed have to do with rates? I even choke saying the Fed these days. So, um, <laughs> and then what? What are the opportunities out there? What does it mean for me? How can I take advantage of this as a consumer? Do we really, are we able to understand to that consumer that higher rates is actually their friend? It actually provides them an opportunity. When's the best time to take advantage of that? So there's a lot that I can kind of show you. And I don't know if you want to use an example of what I would be doing and how I would articulate it right now, Renee. But yeah, I think let's let's go. So, like we if, if we all we all aspire like the the we all aspire to be able to say it like you do, right? And my background, how I got to where I'm is is studying people like you and breaking it down for the rest of us normal humans to be able to go. Okay, what is what's happening there? What's the science? And then what's like I was thinking back because I was a basketball player. How do I do a layup? Right? What's the fundamental of what Barry's doing that he looks so effortlessly as he's doing? I heard a couple things, and then you take the which one you want to grab was Barry's addressing the underlying assumptions that people tend to believe are the drivers of a market and what they've been told. One thing that I told people when interest rates were low, I said, caution you on constantly posting about low rates because you're training all of your audience that low rates matter. And then when they go up, you're going to come back and go, ha just kidding. They're really not. And so uh, you got to, what's that value proposition? So one, we've trained it. And what are people listening to? And then Barry's going at a fundamental piece to disrupt the premise of their understanding. Well, you understand, well, is, these are the questions that you really should be asking. And the person goes, okay, yeah, tell me about that. I don't even know I should ask that question sometimes. So there's so much there, Renee. And um, you know, you're, you're incredible at being able to help and guide and coach people and, and show them why this is so important and how to describe the narrative. That's why people really need to be connected with you. But, you know, to try and make it in a simple way for purposes of this call, communication is is really important. So I appreciate when you say, you know, you make it effortless. Trust me when I tell you, Renee, and, and Megan knows this because, you know, and everybody who works with me knows this, boy, it is not effortless, you know. None of it's effortless. <laughs> you know, a professional boxer trains a thousand minutes for every minute they're in the ring. And, and I've kind of aspired to that, you know. As a loan originator, I trained a thousand minutes for every minute I was in front of that customer or on the phone with that customer or in front of that referral source. I had my shit down and I feel that people just wing it. And, and I don't mean to, to sound, you know, like, like, you know, I, I want to be disrespectful to anybody. I'm not, but I'm just trying to call it like it is, you know, it's, it's a little bit of tough love here. I think a lot of you just expect winging it to work. And sometimes it will. And we could have been spoiled over the last couple of years because winging it could work in many of the cases when you have people just lined up. But the great thing about this market is it forces you to get better. 
you know, I, I hear people say, oh, don't, don't wish the market were better. Wish you were better. Bullshit. Don't wish you were better. Be better. You know, just, just raise your freaking game for goodness sakes. And it's not that hard to do. So, you know, I could pick a number of things. I'll just breeze over them. I, I, I actually have a few slides to reinforce it because I believe visuals, Renee, can help. Absolutely. A, a, something that I put in my I just I just want to point this out. What you said, I think, is so powerful. A thousand minutes of training for one minute of delivery. Thousand to one. This is this is what it this is this is why I wear this enemy, public enemy. No more excuses. This is what this comes down to. Is this is what it is. Like you want 10 minutes on stage. It takes a month to create 10 minutes of content on stage. You want an hour that's six months. It's the same thing. I love it. Please show us that vision. Yeah, that, up, that update that you guys all hear in the morning, you know, Megan will tell you, it starts at 6 a.m. with reading and kind of going through and combing things. And then there's nine of us that get on there. Megan will tell you, I'm, I'm kind of tough on everybody, you know, and I demand everybody to work at a really, really high level because that's what I push myself to do. And you should demand that of yourself. Uh, communication is all about taking an idea that's in your mind and transferring it to somebody else. The mistake that people make is they formulate that idea and then they spit it out and they expect the other person to understand that bullshit. They're not going to understand you. Okay. That's garbage. They'll nod their head to be polite, but they have no freaking clue what you're talking about. So yes. what we really need to do is we really need to metaphorically hold their hand and take them through the same journey you went on in a reader's digest version, but give the salient points along the journey so they can get to the conclusion that you came up with in your mind. They may disagree with it, but they'll understand your rationale. People always say to me, wow, you have a great knack for taking complex stuff and breaking it down and making it easy to understand and make me smarter. But we all have the ability to do that if we understand that basic concept. The concept is, is I want an idea that's in my brain to go to you, but I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm going to give you a shortened version of the journey and pick the salient points of that journey so that you now understand how I arrived at that. So that my, the words that come out of my mouth, when they register with you, they now have a bit of a narrative to use yeah. Renee's term. So that you now understand, and that's why what Renee is teaching is so critical because it allows you to do that. So, so look, here's here's just a couple of quick things that you all should talk about. I went and rather than you know do something that you can't access, write an MBS highway. If you go to Presentation Express, you can access all these slides. So, so Renee, I'm going to just share my screen real quick, and we could talk about any of these because they're all very important. So, do we want to talk about why inflation is going to come down and why rates are going to come down? We want to talk about recession. We want to talk about housing bubble. Do you want to talk about the best time to buy? So I'm going to I'm going to just go through something here just really quick with you. Just like here's a which quick one do you think is the most important one? Because I would I personally like I'm excited because I even though I've been around you for 20 years, I'm not an expert in this. And be, every time I hear you talk about it, I'm like, oh, I got to learn how to do this. So I would love to hear one of these and let's dive in really deep on it because I think we can pull out the all of the the, the stylistic things that you do and the, even the hidden things that maybe we don't even realize that he's doing to pull out of. I'm so I I would love to learn this. So these slides you have access to all everything that's in there you have access to. So here's the the first thing that you can also do is you can go to my Instagram, take it, look how it's delivered. Instagram is very effective. It's also very challenging. Renee will tell you, Renee was blowing up on TikTok and Instagram, you know. Um, but the challenging thing about doing a reel is that you have to be extraordinarily concise. So you have to be very effective in your communication there. It's, a, it's quite a challenge to be able to do that effectively. So what that takes is it takes practice. It takes really understanding it, being able to trim it down and do it. 
So here we go. Here's a challenge for me. Somebody's saying, okay, well, the housing market, um, you know, it, 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 let's come off this. Let's just make believe we're having a conversation, right, Renee? And somebody will come, well, you know, I hear home prices are going down, home prices are heading lower, this and that. And if, if somebody were to say that, and here you are, you're the expert in the room, right? First thing we, we have to say is, look, you may have heard the big headline that home prices came down year over year, but that's incorrect. What they showed was a two-tenths year-over-year drop in median home price, but that's the middle price point of a home. That's, that's, that's home prices could be going up, but if there's more lower-priced homes, which is oftentimes what happens in markets like this being purchased, it skews the median down while prices are going up. In fact, this morning, we just got appreciation numbers that shows that actual real appreciation is going up between four and 5% a year, depending on which measure you use, whether it's FHFAs or K-Shiller, the two best measuring sticks. So home values are still going up. In fact, on a month over month basis, FHFA, they went up two tenths of a percent. K-Shiller went down two tenths of a percent, not exactly terrible. And if you wanted even from the very peak for all this talk about a housing bubble, for all this craziness and all this fear mongering that's out there, do you know how much home values have come down by these two measuring sticks from the absolute peak? Now, let's remember, home values went up 121 consecutive months. And from their very peak, after 10 years and one month of consecutively going up like on a staircase, we have seen, according to Case Schiller, home values come down a whopping 3%. Mm-hmm. And from FHFA, six-tenths of 1%, a far cry from bubble. But now, Renee, now that we've kind of set the table, You'd say, yeah, rates have gone up. When they come back down, that's going to crank up buying. And why do we think rates are going to come down? Because they follow. Can I and- pause you on that yeah. question that I have as I hear you do this? Because I'm getting excited. So, and tell me if I'm wrong in understanding this. What I'm hearing you say is that the first thing you said, well, people said uh, that it's it, prices are coming down. Is that what you said? So, so there's a there's a thought that people are there. Somebody said they fill the gap with prices are coming down, and you immediately said. Well, basically, zoom out and you'll see, no, they're not. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. So then I go, okay, so I'm I'm thinking myself, because you went on like, I would literally break down his last 48 seconds, because there's like 50 points in there that we all need to learn. I want to go to that first one and say, okay, what he's saying is zoom out in a broader context, you'll see that on a trend analysis, we're actually still great. We're still going up. But if you zoom in close enough, you can see a dip. In that, and if that becomes the sole window by which you look at, yeah, within a six-month period or whatever that period is, if we determine that, is that's just not how life works. Is that so far? Am I correct? So then, it. so then, my question is, is saying, well, so then somebody says they go, well, house prices are coming down. I said, well, I'm, I'm saying, do you look at houses as day trading or do you look at it as a long term? I would probably ask that first question. Bingo. And they go, do you day trade with houses? They go, well, no. I said, well, then why do you look at houses like a day trader? And what Renee, do you mean? You, and Renee, your segue is perfect because then let's just say what, and team, what we are trying to do here, and you know, Renee, obviously highly intelligent, but it doesn't mean your clients or your real estate agents won't be thinking along the exact same lines that Renee just went. Renee went through the exact step-by-step of where we want him to go, okay? And trust me, I swear to you, we did not rehearse this in advance. No. So, what, what, what Renee did is really was able, remember I said to you, thought from one brain to another, you want to metaphorically take them by the hand and walk them through that journey. 
So there's a lot of stuff and a lot of years of learning and a lot of data that's crunched, which I delivered in probably, I'm going to say 90 seconds, I'm going to guess here, right? So in 90 seconds, the idea went from my head into Renee's, not only so he understands it, but so that he is on the edge of where we want him to be, because now what we what we're, what Renee is thinking and what we want everybody to think is, what is that next logical step in the journey? So where is the opportunity? Should I be buying a home now? Have prices bottomed out? Right. So, and that brings us to that slide that I was talking about. So, and here's the next step, team, is then that gives you permission to enter the next step and say, you see, mortgage rates don't follow the Fed. And I could show you charts on that if you'd like, and you have access to that. Mortgage rates follow inflation. Now, we all know inflation's slow, inflation's coming down. In fact, the Fed hikes are really, really killing the economy to the point where we're seeing inflation come down more and more and more. But these reports lag. For example, rents make up a very big, part of the inflation report. And they're, as of this morning, only going up 2.6% a year. But the way they're reported in CPI, because it lags, it averages the last year or so, it's showing it's up 8.5%. It will eventually catch up and mortgage rates will come down. Maybe it's over the summer, maybe it's a little later, but you can see better rates. And what do you think happens, Renee? What do you think happens in this tight inventory environment where there's only 578,000 homes? That's about 40% of normal. That's active listing. What do you think happens when you now dial this up and you get all these additional buyers to come in in a tight event? Hey, we got a taste of it in January, didn't we, with multiple offers? What do you think happens to prices? And in fact, Renee, I'd like to show you an example. I'd like to show you something. So let me just share this with you really quick. So you see how we kind of let it in there? Maybe that gave me a total of about two, two and a half minutes of narrative. So in that two and a half minutes, not a lot of time, right? I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not like I went on an hour's webinar. Two and a half minutes, that brings me to, now let me bring it home. So we don't know. We know the prices are coming down a tiny bit. Eventually, when rates come down, and they will because inflation is coming down, they'll start going up. So I'm not good enough to tell you when the bottom is. So I'm going to resign myself to missing it. Should I miss it here after, like most people? So here's what the herd mentality is. Let's wait for the bottom. Prices start going up, and then I know it's all clear, and I'll do it. Mm. Well, that's after the bottom. The seller's more confident. There's more competition. There's even less inventory than there is now because it's going to be gobbled up. What do you think you're going to be paying? You're going to be paying a premium here. Here is where you should do it. You want to miss it on the way down, and this is where we are right now. We're very close to the bottom. We may be at the bottom, but we want to miss it here. And The reason we want to miss it here is because we want to think like Wayne Gretzky where is the puck going? So we know that rates are coming down. More buyers are going to come in because inflation is coming down. And due to that, this will give us an opportunity while the seller is more fearful, while the negativity in the media is our friend, while there's less competition, and while inventory is sparse, it's going to be even more sparse after the bottom and people get in. Here's your opportunity to do this today. And as a case study, let's take a look at the last time. The last time we bottomed out, because I want to give you not just opinion, I want to back it up by facts. When this bottom occurred last time, look at how quickly prices went up. In fact, to measure it in the next year, prices went up 8%. Now, 8% is quite significant, right? Think about it, a $500,000 home, that's $40,000 in a year. But I want to bring up another point to you. To give you context, that was in 2012 when inventory was 2.4 million units in total inventory. Today, there's 980,000, of which 40% of these are already under contract. 
what do you think is going to happen? And then say that again I, for me. Can you say that one more time for me? Yeah. You brought so, up what I'm hearing. The point here is you. you uh, this is now I'm a, now I'm a student. I'm not even writing that. You, you're giving me this data, but there's a missing context that people conveniently don't share. Yes. And I think there's a phrase I want you guys to remember that conveniently don't share because why is it convenient? Because it's not as sexy and it doesn't sell. So if we conveniently not share it, we're there. But now you're sharing this other context, which changes everything. So say that again. I'd love, I'd love that. So let's take a case study. And you know, we, we're, I'm not just going to spew information without backing it up. So when does the last time this happened? Well, the last time home prices were coming down and bottom and started going up was in early 2012. Now you could take a look. You see, come price prices coming down. And then going up. When do you want to miss it here? Because if you miss it here, you see this big move higher. And in fact, in the next year, home values went up 8%. And again, I want to put it into context for you. 8% is a lot. So bring it home, make them feel it. On a $500,000 home, that's $40,000 that if you waited, you missed out on. But to put this into deeper context, in 2012, you had 2.4 million units on the market. Today, there's less than a million units on the market, and 40% of these are already under contract and not available. So inventory is much less. So this could be a very good opportunity. Look, even if it's not up 8%, if you wanted to just use the example of up 3%, that's going to give you a $10,000 savings today because the reduction in price plus $15,000 in appreciation, you're going to make $25,000. It costs you a little bit more for the increase in rate. You know, Somebody put in there, you know, marry the house, date the rate, something like that. That's that's a, a good example too, certainly. Um, but one other point that I'd really drive this home with is this chart here. And Renee, I love this chart and I love stats and I love facts and I love history because people believe something that is completely untrue because the media has tried to drill this into our heads. They think because prices have gone up, they have to come down. And that just simply is not true. If you want to bet against housing, I'm going to call housing the champ. The record for home values going up in the last 81 years is 73 years up, seven years down, and one year exactly flat. Now, we know that in the last couple of years, if you look to the bottom right of the chart in 2020 and 21, Renee, you could see that home values went up 10%, 19%. And because of that big jump, everybody's expecting there's got to be a crash, right? Well, Please take a look to the top left of the chart. Home values in 1943, 44, 45, 46, 47. Look at the increases, 11, 17, 12, 24, 21. In this five-year period, home values went up 118%, much more than we've seen here. When did How long did it take for homes to see a drop in price? They continue to go up for another 43 years. You're going to wait a long freaking time. For you to get that bar. 43 more years of price appreciation. And then what happened? 1% drop and then a fractional drop of less than 1%. Otherwise, we'd have consecutive years to here. But look at this period of time here. Huge increases, much greater than today, and prices went up for another 15 years. Look at the one thing that everyone looks at are these five years here. And they say, oh, housing bubble, housing bubble, housing bubble. And look, it was ugly. But what was the reasons? The reasons was there was 4 million units in inventory. We showed that chart just before in 2007, there's 4 million units in inventory. You have 30 million more people in, this, in the United States right now that need homes. And what was the mortgage application, folks? The mortgage application was, you're approved, right? Or do you have a pulse? You're approved. You don't have any of that now. 
So don't bet against the champ. This is what you really should be telling your customers. And, and I like to end with something like that, Renee, as I let you drive the point home with a closing statement that leaves them with something to think about. Because people have FOMO. Yeah, I, I, well, one, I'm, I'm pulling so much out of this and I'm going, okay, the same thing. I always, every time I hear you speak, it's literally that, that fire hydrant of information and I want all of it. But usually I don't want all the information. I want every single ounce of this. And I'm, I'm, I've been saying this since I met you. Anybody watching this, record this. Have Barry speak for 60 seconds. Pause the video and ask yourself, do you understand what he just said there? Because he's giving every 60 seconds, he's giving a full half hour presentation that we should be giving. Literally, but he's been doing this and Barry has something that a lot of us don't have. He wrote the book, Rock of Ages. He's on TV. He says a lot less than most of us need to because he has credibility and influence and he has what we call ethos. That is what we all should strive for. Now, for those of us who may not have that, what can we do with that 60 seconds? I wrote a couple things down. One is this, this was really good. This is sort of a message to all of us. We got to train a lot more for every delivery piece, right? So let's just put in that hard work is gonna be critical. If you even watch my Instagram, almost the last 10 posts have been about hard work, about suffering and sacrifice. It has to be, because this is the time, right? Instead of moping around, this is the time to do this stuff. And I'm, I, I gotta go, I'm gonna go buy a house today. Like I swear to God, we were on the fence on this. I watch this stuff, I'm like, what am I waiting for? As much as I know this, I still fall victim of it. I gotta hear stuff like this. Be the expert in the room. That was the first thing. Well, you gotta be, so assume you're the expert in the room. So it's a big assumption. Some of us don't feel like the expert. What do we got to do to ensure that we are the expert in the room? Or maybe there's somebody else that might do that. Or what if our delivery was really quiet and, and we had all this knowledge, but our delivery was not all that confident? Well, we've lost the expertise piece. So no matter how much knowledge we have after that, even the scripting's perfect, it's going to be hard to listen. So you got to be really honest with yourself. Are you seen as the expert? What do you got to do? Is your delivery up to par on all those pieces? Then I saw this, the herd mentality. There was like that one you skeeted by, which I thought was so powerful. And I, I love to stop at those moments before I even get into giving you information, because a lot of what my book's about is saying, oh, I can give you all the, the offensive strategies to, to, to influence, but the real secret in influence is preparing an audience for a message before you even speak. And so I, one of those ways would be saying, okay, well, they, they say, well, the housing is this, this, and that. I say, well, let, let me ask you a couple of questions. One of them was, um, do you look at housing like you would look at day trading? I want to check an underlying assumption. And I'm just looking for truth. I'm not trying to sell. They go, well, no. I said, okay. That assumption, I said, okay, cool. So you look at it like a longer term piece. I said, would you then agree that we need to look at longer term data, not day trading type short data? They go, well, yeah. I said, okay, cool. I got two little pieces in my corner here. And I said, the next piece is, have you heard of herd, herd mentality? I, I like to function from assume nothing, communicate everything, and especially with words that people use a lot. I go, what do you mean by herd? We've heard that. They go, well, it means that uh, we're like sheep. I go, what do you mean by that? I said, well, and you realize that maybe they haven't really thought it through. They've heard it a lot, but they haven't thought it through. And they might, if they're smart, they're going to say, well, it's what everybody seems to do. And I go, do you believe that the herd mentality leads to better results? I want to check what their belief system is. And if they go, yes, I'm like, ah, everything I'm about to say is based on going against the herd. So I better solve that problem first. I better solve that. But if they go, yeah, I don't want to be with the herd. I said, awesome. So we're not going to look like the day trader. We're going to look at this from a longer term perspective. and. Sometimes the things to go against the herd, do you, will you also agree that sometimes it's a little bit scary? They're going to say, yeah. I said, awesome. Well, let me, let me tell you how we look at this. I've now, I haven't given any information, but what I've done is I've moved out those underlying unseen belief systems 
that cloud logic and data. We have to find those underlying unconscious assumptions that they're making that are emotional before we, this beautiful data that he's giving us now can be heard and seen. And so now that I've said that, I said, so let's take a look at this one piece where people said inflation, that house prices are going down. I said, okay, if we look at like a day trader, yep, today sucked. I invested today, I lost 3%, ugh, or I lost 8% or whatever the number was. But I plan on living in my house longer than a few weeks, right? I, I, maybe a few years at least. So let's zoom out a little bit. And now we go, oh, wait a minute. This is a totally different picture. You notice you say it kind of with a smile because you want to aha with them, right? You want to be on their side to go. So it's a little bit different picture. I go, but here's the cool part. And I would, you got to validate them. This is high level influence here. You validate in the moment when they feel stupid. Here's the cool part. You said you're not part of the herd. See, the herd would look here because you know who taught us to look here is the media. And that's what we're all going to follow. But those of us who chosen not to be, we got to go against sometimes our initial emotion, zoom out and go, ah, if the herd is saying, don't do this, then maybe we should do. So now, I mean, you know, Renee, you bring up so many great points. And, and there's a couple of things that you said that I want to make sure that people also capture. So, you know, when you talk about the thousand minutes for every minute in the ring, just remember when you're speaking to a customer or a potential referral source, you're on, you're on stage, spotlights on, cameras rolling, sounds got speed. You're, you're on. Okay. So you've got to perform here. Are you ready for that moment? And it takes practice. You know, Megan will tell you, you know, Megan will tell you how many times um, we go through things together to make sure we get it right. Even on the updates, we'll kind of, okay, let, let me let me hear you say it. And what's the famous thing that I say to you, Megan, always, or to everybody? What's the famous thing I say to you? Don't memorize, right? Don't memorize it. Understand it. There you go. And, and that's the key. And that's what I want from you. Don't memorize it and just repeat it. Understand it. Own it. Because then it will be natural. And look. Like my presentation, I go place to place. It's different. I just did a presentation for 1,200 people in Dallas, and it was very challenging for me because I just spoken to that group four months before, and it was a really good presentation. Love it. We want you back. We're having another one. You know, to change things on a wholesale level was tough, so it was a big challenge for me. And I think that all of us have to understand that we have to push ourselves to come up with new material all the time, and to deliver it in a state of mind that is going to be engaging. Renee pointed it out to you and he said it so quickly. He says, you know, how's, how's my physiology here? You know, if I'm going to be speaking like this, it's critically important. You know, Tony Robbins, who taught me, you know, that you have to, before you do it, just put yourself in a state before you do, even on this webinar with you, you know, when, when Renee told me to do it, you might have seen how I changed. Like, how was I in the beginning? I was kind of a certain way with, it was a much more casual. But the second that it was up to me to present something, much more animated, much more energy, even right now. I mean, you could tell the energy levels up. So if someone's going to be listening to you, I'm not saying that you're going to be jumping and doing a cartwheel, okay? But have your energy level noticeably engaging. And Renee, there's nobody better to teach that than you, but this is something that I think is an important element, not fake either. Own it so that you're excited about it. Man, it pisses me off when the media says something. So it shows. I let it show. I wear it on my sleeve. You, you guys hear it in the update. When they say something, it get, you know, so many of you caught me the other day when I almost said, holy shit, right? And I said, holy cow, all right? On the update the other day, it's because I, I, um, I care. 
And when you're talking about this stuff, care. It comes through that people will catch on and get that you believe and you feel that it's a great deal to purchase a home, especially in this environment. And that will come through and they will gain confidence from that. Right, Renee? I couldn't agree more. It's it's the delivery, if you look at the science, is going to be 93% of it. The words that we say are 7%, according to Dr. Albert Moravian. And that's about the understanding and meaning. But 55% is the body language, but then your tone of voice is 38%. So that 93% is critical. And as Megan said, to get that, the beautiful thing about good delivery is that when it comes from an authentic understanding, it's natural. It's natural. And so you build from the inside out on this stuff. This is why when we go through our courses, we start on the inside of what do you believe? We start on the inside to say, what is it that you're actually believing on this? And that's why even with our, when even you saw my questioning, I'm going at what people believe because our beliefs are what drive our behavior. And if you just pay attention to the behavior of people, stop trying to address behavior because people resist that. That is the core of resistance. Forget the, the behavior. What drove that behavior? What are the underlying belief systems that go to there? And, and have a conversation because most of the time people aren't even ready for that level of conversation and it's scary to them. It might feel like an attack and so they'll resist. But if you make it exploratory and you change your voice on how you talk. So, so where, where'd you learn that? Like, I'm curious. Like who taught you? That's really fascinating. Where, where'd you hear that from? And really getting to, to know the core because now I know what I'm dealing with. Well, my father told me, awesome. What's your dad do? Well, he's a plumber. Say, so, okay, cool. That's a, that's, a, that's a really great tra- tra- trade. And so it, does he invest in properties right now? And he's like, well, no, not really. I said, I said, so can I ask a tough question? I said, would you take advice from me on how to grow hair? And they'd look at me probably say, no. I said, I said yeah, how about if I were to do a, a, a webinar on the menstrual cycle and the challenges that women go through? Would I be the one to go do on that one? I said, probably not. And I said, you know, my mom, she was a former nun and I didn't know my father, but my mom, she had her certain belief systems. And when it came to money and when it came to certain things, she wasn't the person I turned to. I turned to people that had had it. And so um, what I like to do is maybe tell you a little bit about me and how I'm doing what I'm talking about. Like if I teach speaking, I spoke 235 days last year, 235 days. So that means for my family, it means I'm gone all the time. But for you guys, it means that what I'm talking about is current relevant and works. And so when we're looking at these different elements, like, and, and I want to do a time check because I really want to dive into some of this stuff. How much time do we have right now? We have another half an hour if you want to use okay. it. Love it. Okay. Yes, we can. Because I want, I want, I want you guys to walk away with specific scripting on this stuff. Like, how do we really, truly walk away? And so, this other piece I heard you say the the, the champ seventy three seven and one. Okay. So now that to me is so golden that you want to frame that before you give that away. Like I would almost use that to say, okay, hold on a second. Let's pretend we're looking at two boxers. And so, and this will be a question, Barry, who would we compare the, you know, somebody else to like, I, like, it would be fun to look at um, who's somebody else that we could say, cause this is, it's a two boxers, one 73 fights, seven losses and one, no, no, no decision. Who else could we compare to say, which one would you bet on? Right. Or, or even to say, you know, cause it, maybe we look at some of the, uh, the media. Like if there's got to be some data to show how often the media is wrong, you know, but there's got to be something that would be cool. Well, this is, and you make this course, which boxer would you bet on? Right. And of course they'd make the obvious choice. I said, well, here's what these numbers are. And then you show that slide and let me show you what the market has done. And let me show you what media prediction has said. And there's got to be a study out there. I said, so which one would you bet on here? And so 
just being able to do that, if you notice the sequence that I went through was, this is a message, but we don't believe in sending messages without frames and frames are narrative. The, the, the narrative that surrounds it is what helps determine the meaning of what's going on. And so, Megan, you had a couple of questions that we were going to go into, like how to answer X and let's go through and really, truly dissect that. And we'll bring, maybe bring somebody up on stage uh, to do that. And then they get to have me and Barry have some fun with them. Yes. What was the def- question? Um, the first question and Barry, we can go in whatever direction it is that you want, but I really liked, um, you know, the timing of the market. When is the right time to buy? Okay. So Megan, why don't you pick somebody and let's have some fun with that. If you guys want to go ahead and you're willing to show up here on screen, go ahead and raise your hand. You'll find that in the control panel and I will promote you to and join us here for, on stage. And I want to know what we're looking for is, oops, sorry. Go ahead, Barry. All I wanted to do is mention something because I've seen it a few times in the chat. The champ slide, we'll make sure we get it in MBS Highway. We did show it in an update, but we will make sure we get it in MBS Highway um, in, the, in, the, in the next few days. So it'll, you'll look for it. It'll, it'll be there. Perfect. So what we're looking for is somebody to raise their hand that wants to get better at this. Somebody that's struggling with this kind of scripting. Somebody that maybe is timid, scared, but is willing to get coached on how to do this. If, you know, at some point later, we'll get somebody who's got, you know, the, the home run already. They're ready for it. They've practiced this. Let's get somebody who, who really, really wants to get better at this. All right, Helga, I am promoting you to a panelist. Let's see here. Helga is rejoining as a panelist. And we have Perfect. Kevin as well on backup. Got it. And so the, the question, we've got Helga coming in. Hey, Helga, I think you're on mute, so make sure you unmute yourself. Okay. Wonderful. So now, Megan, <laughs> my job is to observe the process. You're going to pose the question, and then after we go through this, we'll bring Barry in for more, for more expertise on this one. So, Helga, nice to see you. Thanks for joining us here. Where are you out of? Gulf Shores, Alabama. Alabama. I love it. I love it. So, Megan, pose the question. And by the way, Helga, it's okay to fail here. Okay, good. (laughs) It's totally okay to fail because most people fail at these questions. And do you give us permission to coach you and work you through this and and kind of break down everything we see? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Megan, go for it. No pressure. All right. So I'm the client and I'm coming to you, Helga, and I'm saying, you know what? I've been hearing some really terrible things about the housing market. I just don't know if I should purchase today or, you know, maybe I should wait. What do you think? Well, I think that's a decision everybody has to make for themselves. Um, I think you need to study and look at the data that we have out there. And you can see, I mean, I listen to a lot of important people and and their analysis on what's going on in the market. And there's that super important day of May 10th when the interest rates should be improving. And you could buy today, do something like a 2-1 buy down, and then refinance later. And the Wait, you said you said rates are going to come down May 10th. Maybe should I hold off until then? So pause no. there. Good question, Megan. That's exactly where we're going with this. All right. So Helga, so let's take a look at this. So this is, this is going to be quasi sales training, right? Quasi influence and then quasi expertise here. So what happened was she posed, she posed a question. Do you feel that you had enough information to be able to offer a solution? Based Do on I- her question. Yeah. Um, no. Not really. Right, so I would need to know, you know, are you a first time home buyer, a second home? What are you trying to look in? How soon do you need to move? I should have started with that. 
Perfect. So I want you to, let's put that hat back on, right? Okay. So now put in, do I have enough information to be able to do this? In, I've been consulting for 30 years. And the most frustrating thing is when people offer solutions without having information. I know you're being put on the spot, yeah. so it's there. So <laughs> yeah. don't do that to your customers, right? Imagine going into the doctor and you go, God, doc, I feel a little, a little bit of pain. And the doctor goes, all right, cool. Um, all right, just take that. Be like, well, what is this? Do, do you even know what pain I have? Like, what, what, what am I getting this? You haven't even asked me where my pain is. You haven't understand. And so that's kind of how a lot of times we prescribe where we have a hammer of information and everything looks like a nail and we try to just hammer it all the time. So would you slow down, go through that process with that? And let's ask the question again. And if I feel you're veering, I'm going to pause you again. I've been hearing a lot of negative stuff out there. I just don't know. Should I buy a home today or should I wait? Well, tell me a little bit about what your goals are. Um, are you trying to buy a primary residence, a second home? Do you rent now? Or are you wanting to move? Tell me what your plan is and I can help you develop a plan. So question for you. Now, pause. Do you think that that's what's stopping her is what she wants? What if, what if you were to say, okay, Megan, ask me the question. Same question. Ask you it? Yep. I've been hearing a lot of negative stuff in the media right now. I just don't know, you know, should I purchase a home today or should I wait? Love it. What are you hearing? Exactly. I've been hearing that a recession is coming and, you know, I've just been hearing that it's a bad time to buy. Home values are coming down. So you hear about a recession. So how would you define recession? Just curious, Megan. Well, you know, it really makes me think back into the time of the last housing crash. That's the big recession that I personally went through and remember. Okay. So now what, just what did those three questions, did that uncover more data for you, Helga? Yeah. Right. So now you're starting to, di to diagnose a little bit of where this is coming from, because you might only need to answer one thing that might be the core. And we're not even remotely near the area where we can even start solving yet. We got to be consultative and start asking a few more questions to say, and let her lead with the things. And you say, oh, notice I, I, you know, she, I go, awesome. Where are you hearing that from? I didn't say, oh, well, you know, the media, and we're immediately starting yeah. to attack. Validate. Awesome. Where'd you hear that from? And all of a sudden we go a little bit deeper and recession. Now I go, you know, I'd say, Megan, I said, you bought a house in the recession. You don't look old enough. I might say, you know, I'm like, that's awesome. What'd you buy when you were like 13, you know, and, and I'd try to phrase that as a compliment, but you know, some people might say, well, I don't really know what recession means. I just know it's scary. That's an opportunity to say, you know what? I hear you. I know recession scares a lot of people. And so let me, let me kind of give you a little bit of an insight. I go, but before I even tell you about that, you heard this from the media, right? I said, so I got to ask you a fundamental question. Do you believe the media is, is a public service organization, meaning to help, here to help us serve us? Or do you believe they're a for-profit organization like you and I? And so they might go, well, I don't know. I said, well, here's the thing. They are a for-profit organization. So they got to make money, unfortunately. And so their information is about headlines. It's real short kind of information. So let me, I've been doing this for X amount of years. Let me give you a little bit of a more backdrop of what's going on. And so now it's comforting, right? It's come, but I've listened. We got to be able to listen to what's going on. So we're going to try that again. Megan, ask that question. I just don't know if I should buy a home or not right now. You know, I've been hearing a lot of negative stuff in the media. Should I buy now or should I wait? Am I supposed to answer? It's on you. Helga. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you're hearing. Let's talk about it. Well, yeah. I've been hearing that a recession is on its way and, you know, that it's just not a good time to buy a home. I've been hearing the home values have been going down. Or 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 how or a housing bubble, something like that. That's what people are hearing too, right? There's a bubble. There's a crash coming. Where are you hearing most of this data? 
I've been hearing it on the news. You know, I watch the news every morning. Okay. Well, I mean, the news is out there to make money. They want, you know, they want ratings. They want you to tune in. They're going to, they make a lot more money with bad news than they do good news. Have you done any research to see, you know, where these numbers are coming from? I haven't. No. Okay. So what does that spell for you there, Helga? What does that mean for you right there? That means it's my opportunity to educate. Narrative gap right there, right? And you found the specific area. You didn't blanket the whole with, with knowledge and yeah. data and information, which the normal consumer is going to go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You uncovered that specific area. But now I always tell people, don't get too excited just yet because okay. there might be other gaps within there. So the more inquisitive you are, the more that you kind of, you really find out what's that one piece that you got to move and the rest sort of falls in play. But you know what I love most was her tone. She goes, oh, well, tell me more what you've been hearing. And it felt like a friend. I was like, oh man, like immediately my, my guard went down and I was just like, it was, it was in her tone of voice. You saw her lean in just a little bit. You notice when Barry speaks, his head gets a little bit bigger, right? Cause it's moving towards the screen. We want our heads to get a lot, you know, you're not, you know, not that I got a bigger head than you do, but move forward like that. It just, we notice those things. And we also notice if we back away a little bit. So that was beautiful. So now you've opportunity, you've uncovered this whole piece. So now she says she hasn't done the research. What's your next response? What area concerns you more, the housing bubble or the recession? I don't know, honestly. I think um, all of it. I think all of the above, but I would say maybe the housing bubble in the sense that I just don't know if this is going to be a good investment for me or not. So let me offer another way of saying that instead of saying which one concerns you more, because that's called the leading question, right? And you're leading towards concern. Instead of saying, when I say housing bubble, what comes to mind for you? Right? So what, have you heard of housing bubble and what that means? Are you familiar with what causes housing bubble? That's going to give me information. She goes, yeah, well, if she goes through and bury Habib's it, and I'm like, okay, she knows what's going on, but she's going to go, I, I really don't. Awesome. Let me show you exactly how those function. And then you show that one slide. Now you've covered that. Now, okay. what was the other one you said? Recession? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with what causes and how recessions work? And specifically, how they work with the Fed. Or excuse me, how they work with, with interest rates. So now you've uncovered two little areas here to be able to do this. And what, I'm, what I hope you guys are watching is I'm trying to help you saying of all of this information that MBS Highway provides, what one piece can I get to solve one piece at a time? And this is where the thousand minutes come into play. Thousand pieces of information practiced over and over and over and over again to then be able to how Barry seamlessly sews them all together, right? Because he's put a, all those pieces, he's put time in to understand. But we want to break this down. If you just spit out all of it at once, that's the memorization Megan was talking about. But yeah. take time to understand that one piece. So let's just say that housing bubble. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm going to buy. And it's, I'm going to be screwed. Well, Renee, I was going to, I was going to just maybe just add a, a couple of please here. So first of all, Helga, I think you're doing really so good. Uh, you have a very high likability quality about you. And uh, I think Renee has highlighted some of the really good things you're doing. I underscore that completely. And you can just tell that you just have a natural concern. So mm. uh, first of all, thank you for doing this. Um, Helga, once we've gotten to this point here, you know, I think you can either use some of the slides or the knowledge that you gained, you could talk about. 
And one of the things I point out is, you know, recession, so interesting because during recessions, interest rates drop on mortgages. You know, one of the things we could say is, you know, the bad thing about a recession is people do lose their jobs. And on average, maybe 1.5 million people would lose their jobs. Maybe they're not going to be someone that's going to be actively looking to purchase a home. However, for every drop of 1% in interest rates and during recessions, rates drop by more than that, 5 million more people become eligible. Now, none of those 1.5 or those 5 million people will all purchase, not all of them will purchase homes. But as you can see, the numbers outweigh it. And in fact, I could share something with you. I could pull it up on my phone very quickly and show you that, look, during the past several recessions, mortgage rates have dropped. You know, we're going back the last six recessions, mortgage rates have dropped 1%, 2%, 5%, 4 So mortgage rates do drop. But here's the real key, housing. I'm going to take you back here 70 years, and we're going to take a look at the last nine recessions, eight of nine of them, home values have gone up. So we need to really put this into context because as we talked about the media, you know, they're poor profit, they're going to try and sensationalize the one event. But I believe that when you look at it in overall context, you could see there was a certain aspect of why that one time was different. There was 2 million homes built. There was not enough people that were forming households at the time. And that goes back to birth rates from years in the past. So there's reasons for that. And that's my job. My job here is to explain these things to you, to isolate these things to you so that you can make a better decision, not just by what's clouded in the media, but so that you can understand all the facts before you make a decision. I'll go do exactly all that now. Go. <laughs> so, but take, take what you heard him though. I want you to hear what, just do your form of what he heard. You don't have to say everything you said, but take the mm -hmm. essence of what he's saying, okay. follow the sequence in which he said it, and try to deliver that. And remember, right. remember, Helga, we are not trying to memorize, right? We just right. Well, here's the thing. I know you understand it, right? I know you understand it because I know you're you're very bright, obviously, and I know that you follow this stuff. So what what the question was again, and you know, where we went from there was it was kind of a, a, a two-part question. People were worried about recession, right? And and uh, they were also worried about a, a bubble or a crash, right? So um, we're going to address that based upon what we said. Uh, and we'll imagine that you're bringing up those slides on your phone if you want to. So go go ahead. What, what was the exact question, the way we started that off, Renee and, and Megan, just so she can be teed up the same way? Uh, she asked if I was more afraid of the housing bubble or the recession. And right, I said, so let's, kind switch, of well, we, let's switch it back, though. Let's just say, let's just go with one piece. Let's say she's identified its housing bubble. I'm worried that if I buy a house, it's, it's, oh, I'm nice. going to lose all my value. Okay. I don't, can I see the slide? Of course you can. <laughs> Thanks. So the way we answered the question was to say, you know, that, can we, before we go to the slide, Barry, could we see what she does already currently? Absolutely. I want to see what she does currently. And then, then I want you to intervene to go, here's where I would add that slide in that moment. Cause I want, okay. let's go. Cause the benefit is to go, here's how I currently do it. And then we can make a shift and we can see a before and after is what we're really trying to create. Okay. <clears throat> so if you're worried about the housing bubble, um, you really have to look at, at inventory and values and how they've held up over history. And the crash that was in 2008 is nothing like what we're going to see now. We don't have the same inventory problems. We don't have underwriters that are just giving you money. We don't have the same loan to value restrictions. We have now 
quality mortgages. We have rules set in place to prevent things like that from happening, um, really to protect you and to protect people that are buying mortgage-backed securities. We want to make sure that that's a safe investment for all Americans. So in an effort to make that safer for everybody, we've kind of eliminated that possibility from happening in the future. And you can go back and you can look at graphs and I can pull this graph up for you here and I can show you that over history, um, we're not, it's not going to happen. I mean, and you got to trust the data um, and not just what you hear in the media. All right. So before, before Barry, before you give your expertise on this, let me, let me go on delivery side because, uh, so what I'm what I heard was a couple of things here. When you when you went to so, solving it with just straight data right away, mm-hmm. what do you think happens if I already am in a non-trusting environment and I start with data? What is mm-hmm. that? What do you think that triggers in the brain? Acceptance or resistance? More resistance. Oh yeah, resistance. Too many resistance, numbers. right? And yeah. so what ha- there's a little there's a little key to unlock that resistance, and it's so simple. It's called validation before you do that. So you got to validate what's going on. Because what happens is we live, the, the part of the brain that's function, opening the door or not, it's called an open loop system in the limbic, limbic system. And it's open loop. It means I send something out and I'm waiting for something to come back. And if I send something out and that's not addressed, that's an open loop out there. And you've already started giving me data. And I've got this open loop over here. You got to close that loop. And you do that saying, oh, I totally hear you. I've been there. I've seen that happen. A lot of people do this. You just start with that validation and Mm -hmm. empathy. Mm -hmm. And you start with that. And then you say, so let me, let me break that down just a little bit further to give you more information. And if I were to say, because I'm not an expert in this, I would make it so simple. I'd say something like this. So the housing bubble was because of a certain algorithm of factors that came into play that created that, that housing bubble. Do you agree with that? I always ask for agreement. They're going to say, yeah, there's a bunch of things that came together. It's called a formula, right? We can, the formula created this. So for that to happen, would you agree that the same formula would have to exist? Mm. Okay. So let's look at both formulas that we're functioning under right now. The current formula, the one that created the housing bubble looked like this, and I can't even describe it. Current formula, though, looks a little different, though. Mm -hmm. What would you predict? Instead of me telling you, what am I doing? I'm empowering you mm. with basic little teensy bits of information. Once I get those fundamentals in place, she goes, oh, that makes sense. Now is the time you data. Okay. And then that shows expertise. There's three steps that we just did there. Empathy, transparency, authority. Empathy, transparency, and authority. And that sequence, you go, empathy, I, I see what's going on. I understand that can be scary. That's great. And, and, and right now, Here's what's going on transparently. This is what it was before. What's everything? But authority would be, but here's the data. And you come in with authority. You can't start with authority unless you've already earned it, which is why the power of personal branding, you've got a big brand, you're bare, you come in with authority because I'm expecting that from you. But if you're in an industry that there's lack of trust or you perceive that, we got to start with that little sequence, empathy, transparency, and authority. So try that one more time. And then Barry, then we're going to come in. Barry's going to give us all Mm -hmm. the cleanup. Empathy, empathy, transparency, and authority. And we're talking about the housing bubble. Yeah, may, yes. I, may I, before, before she Please. does that, can I just give just a couple of quick things? So just remember when you, like what you did was you rattled off a lot of things quickly when you gave you, okay. and, and again, you're doing great, Helga. And you know, uh, this is, this isn't a, a, 
No pressure. There's just hundreds of people fire here, watching. Right? Just, <laughs> just remember, Elga, you're, you you got a lot of love with you right now, okay? Not just from oh, yeah. everyone's everybody, cheering you everybody, everybody there is giving you a lot of love. So just know that, right? So so we appreciate you and, and we're sending you, all of us are telling you from the heart, we're sending you a lot of love. That's number one, okay? And uh, boy, look at the chat window. You got so much love. So that's number one. Um, you did rattle off a lot of things. I just want you to take a breath yeah. and I want you to hit each point. And please also remember that if you say something like LTV, they may not understand. Uh, okay? yeah. So the terms that are so near and dear to us. So, you know, when it comes to the, the empathy and the validation, that's critical. That's genius, Renee. That's absolutely what you always want to do. And that gives, gives that warm feeling, right? And then as you come up with the, um, as the, you know, this is what many people think, or this is what it was then, here it is now. I love that, you know, Renee also asks for some confirmation and validation backwards to you, right? So, and by the way, that's part of a very good formula for, for a, a reel, if you do a reel or something like that. You know, most people think this, instead of this, try this, right? That's something, and I know Renee teaches that um, very effectively as well. So, um, as as you go through this, I just want you to go slow. You don't have to hit every point. Just just hit hit a couple of, of points, one or two that really resonate with you. That mean that makes you understand why there isn't a housing bubble right now. What in your mind is it? And then get that idea calmly into their mind where you walk them through why. Okay. We're gonna start with a question, or I'm just going. I'm scared. If I buy a house, I won't get value. Go. So you're concerned about something like a housing bubble, something like 2008? Yeah. Yes. Well, things are a lot different now than they were then. Um, do you know how they're different? Do you know kind of supply and demand? I want you to try that one more time, Helga. Okay. And I want this time for you to do, as Renee suggested, start with some empathy. Something okay. along the lines okay. of, you know, I can totally get that you're thinking okay, 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 okay. the media, every chance they get to get eyeballs, they blitz that out there, right? I mean, yeah. along those lines where you're saying that she's not crazy for thinking this, she's yeah. got a while she's thinking mm -hmm. this, right? We agree yeah. with you that yeah. you should be, you know, you, you shouldn't feel bad about thinking this, right? Yeah. All right. So I'm worried about a housing bubble. I'm worried if I purchase now that home's going to lose value. And that's probably coming from the media. Media, you know, my family, when they purchased a home back in 08. Oh, yeah. 08 was rough. 08 was rough for sure. Um, and so, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. That's okay. So, so now, so here's like, how, oh, okay. so, to, to get, so you remember how Barry talked about getting in the state? Yeah. So what, right now you're in a performance state versus yeah. listening state, okay. right? And so right. forget us. We're still going to critique okay. you, but okay. you've got to forget us though. Okay. Right. Forget, forget Barry, forget Renee. Who cares what they think for just a minute and okay. just listen to Megan from here. Okay. Yeah. And, and okay. can, I, can you just start with, start with validating her? Start with, oh, okay. I get that. I don't blame you. You know, something along yeah. those lines, that should be your first opening okay. remark. Okay. So I, I can, I can understand that, or I don't blame you for thinking like that. Certainly there's enough negative media. Start with that and that will, will, will get you. Okay. Up. Okay. Motherly. <laughs> I'm worried about purchasing a home right now. I'm worried there's going to be another housing bubble and that if I were to purchase that home would just lose value. 
I totally understand that. There's a lot of negative media out there. And um, so let's let's talk about your specific situation and let's talk about how buying a home could be the right thing for you now. Why do you want to buy a home? Um, I want to buy a home just because, you know, it's the American dream. I'm about that age. And, you know, it just, it just seems like a good place to be for the family. Yeah. Are you renting right now? I am renting right now. Okay. Um, have you thought about the interest on rent versus the interest on a mortgage and maybe kind of take the interest rate fears out of it? And then we can talk a little bit more about the housing bubble fears too. Um. I haven't thought about it. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, um, please feel free to ask me any questions. I love first-time homebuyers and I love teaching. So if you ever have any questions, I'm always available for those questions. And I want to guide you through this process. Um, let's talk a little bit about the housing bubble. And I mean, what do you know about 2008? I just know that my parents were heartbroken. You know, we moved into this home and they saved up so much money to buy this home. And then it just lost value. And we ended up having to move out of our house. And it was just a really devastating experience for all of us. It is. Something like that can be very, very tragic. Things are so different now than they were then. Um, the inventory that we have right now. Um, do you have you taken any econ classes? Uh, yeah, I know basic law of supply and yeah. demand. Okay, good, good. Um, because that's really the key to that housing bubble is the supply and the demand. We don't have the same supply issues. You know, we we don't have enough supply. So the basic supply and demand thing isn't really going to happen because there's not too much inventory. So um, that is not a concern right now, like it so was. Pause there. So we're, so we're going to make this 10 seconds and then fix it. We're, gonna, we're fixing on the fly. Okay. So it's saying, so you understand the supply and the supply in this analogy would be housing. And I, do you okay. think supply is high or low right now? You're going to go, well, it's low. I said, so we got low demand. So then you see how quickly that is? And yeah. Then we'll yeah. Piece. Low supply. Yeah. Okay. High All right. Demand. Low supply. Thank you. Okay. So we have. That's why a- I don't do that part there. <laughs> Okay. So we have a low supply right now. So what happens when there's not enough of a product? Well, it depends on demand, but if you have a lot of demand and no supply, then right. you know that price has to go up. Yeah. Well, exactly. So I mean, that's basically it right there. I mean, you totally get it. And that's why we're not going to have a crash like we did in 2008. The population, the people that are looking to buy homes, the people that need homes, there's demand out there and there's not really too much supply. So you should be safe. I mean, I'm not very Habib, but you should be safe. So <laughs> hold on. So what was it, what was it like the, in the housing well, crash? We got to remove that a word here. Okay. <laughs> One, don't, she won't know Barry because she's a consumer. I know. Right? I was, I'm saying okay. an or, you know, okay, okay, good, good. Economy. You should be safe. Like, yeah, go ahead, walk out there. You should be okay. Like, yeah, yeah. you should yeah. be safe. One other I, critique <laughs> to you that I have is um, you did a good job at painting the picture of what the market is like today, mm-hmm. but I'm already thinking about the housing crash and paint the picture of what that supply and demand looked like then so that you can compare the two oh, okay. and okay. say, you know, that's not how it is today and why. Okay. So let's so let's grab that because one of the things we promise everybody is scripting, and I think what we call scripting needs to come in modules. And if you look at scripting as modules, you can cut and paste them as needed. And this is a module that we just created here for you. One was <clears throat> the module of the before and the after, the formula module, right? So do you believe? I'll give it quickly. 
and no data, right? This is how a, a, a newbie like me can deliver it. So do you believe that the housing bubble was created by a certain set of factors or like maybe a formula and all those things, right? And so here are the formula that created the housing bubble, a little bit of authority, a little bit. And this is what it was. You don't ask her, you tell her here. It was this, 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 and that. And see, so now if this formula is the same now, we could probably predict the same outcome. But now if the formula is different, it's going to be a different outcome. So let me tell you what the formula is today. And I think you already know it, actually. Let me just ask you a couple of questions. Is, and so now you go into supply and demand. And then now you stop and you go, so now, before it was this, now it's this. Do you see, Megan, how it's different? Very little data given in that. But now once I've bought off, because I'm doing what's called conceptual selling, I, she's got to buy off on a concept, a general understanding of something. And when she's like, okay, that makes sense, that's when you provide the data. And if you can provide data at that point, there's no going back. Because you've built the emotional understanding supported by the logic. And guess what lasts longer, the emotion or the logic? The, the logic. logic. The logic. The emotion's going to die away. Mm-hmm. That's where buyer's remorse comes into play. The emotion is needed. The emotional understanding is needed to make the decision. But the logic is needed there to support when the emotion goes away. You wake up and you go, what was I thinking? Oh, here's all the things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But the brain, and this is where we're talking about the science comes in, there's a sequence by which the brain understands information. And it's never data first, unfortunately. If that were true, we'd all have six packs. We'd all be financially wealthy. We would all be doing all the perfect decisions, but we are emotional beings. And so all of those emotional pieces, and we got to start with that, especially in this arena. If you don't understand that, you're missing the boat. And there's all sorts of things that help create that emotional security what we call psychological safety. If you have my book, go to the index and look at psychological safety, Google it, chat GPT it, whatever your your gig is. Psychological safety is the ability to to know that what I'm about to do isn't going to have repercussions emotionally. Now, physical safety, we know that I'm not going to get hurt. But our brain responds to the threat of physical safety because of a previous history of our sort of uh, prehistoric times. But we still function the same way under threats of psychological safety, my money, my looking stupid in front of people, being humored, like all those types of things. So being able to address those things first, then give the data. And that's where, where, why, why I, I always love being a part of this is because I like working with people with the best data because I can come in here and play in the pre-area. It's called persuasion. Before it's per- persuaded, what can we do to till the soil? Like you have this great seed of the information that Barry's giving you, but would you plant it in cement? You would never plant a seed in cement. You got to till the soil and those stories. And he said, metaphorically walk them through. He's talking about creating and tilling the soil because we get, get life through metaphor, which is story, which is narrative. And if you can own the narrative, own the story through metaphor, all those pieces start creating a playground where you own now the reality by which we're making these decisions under. This is the high level of influence and what the best advisors are able to do is understand the narrative they're under, tell a better story that they go, you know what? I don't like that one anymore. I trust you more. And you become the trusted source by which we can grow something with. So Helga, there's a lot of stuff that came out in that. I just want to make sure we're respectful. There there, there is, Renan. I love, you know, in my book as well, I tell about plant the seed when the ground's fertile. Same thing. You know, that's when you want to do it. You're not going to plant, like Renee says, but in in cement. Um, So you already earned the ability, I think, at that point to now tell them some of those statistics. 
And I'll refresh you with some of the statistics are, and I think everyone should remember this. Okay. So once you've reached that state, what I want you all to do, and maybe just to just write this down is when you're asked to make the comparison. So in 2007, there were 4 million units for sale. Today, there's less than a million. So 3 million less units and our population's grown by 30 million people. Certainly different circumstances. But the amount of demand has increased by these household formations as well. Builders are not putting up as many homes. Household formations are increasing. So these are just basic, as you said, Helga, Econ 101 reasons why we would be less likely to see anything like we saw back then. Okay, We certainly don't want to make any guarantees because there could be things that come out of the blue. So we want to hedge our bets. You know, the line that you probably heard myself or Dan or Megan or Diana say oftentimes is that home value should be well supported. And I think this allows you to not guarantee appreciation, not because things could happen that we don't know, right? And we we never want to put ourselves in a position. But with the information we have, it really points to this is a different circumstance and home value should be well supported. And all of you, I mean, that's a very quick way to just on the basics, allow somebody to see and thanks for doing that, you know, explosion there, Renee. Just you know, that's 30 seconds that you now it's a money statement. Yeah, because you, I love these things, Renee. These are awesome. Um <laughs> you, you can see in you can make them see, open up the TV set in their brain and have mm. them just see something that they can now visualize. They could picture, okay, well, it is different based upon this. And then obviously there will be more things that can be uh, more in detail, but just something quick that hits home with them to answer that question or concern. Can you try something like that, Helga? Yeah. Yeah. How are we doing on time? I just want to make sure we're... We have exactly one minute. Oh, my gosh. I know you're Before you start, Helga, I want you to get yourself a little little kind of ready to go. You're, you're ready to go? Come on. Let's just get okay. a little pumped up here. And let's come in this with some energy. I want you to come. Just, just let, let's, let's crush it right now. I'm worried about buying a home today. I'm worried about a housing bubble. And if I purchase now, home values are going to come down. I can totally empathize. And from what you told me with your personal family history, I mean, it's really got to be emotional for you having to go through all that. But um, we talked about the basic kind of supply and demand. and, And it's awesome that you totally get how that works. Let's talk about some simple numbers. If you look at like 2007, there were 4 million buyers. That was the demand. Um, That were the people, I mean, that was, (laughs) (laughs) that was the supply. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. Keep going. You got to keep going. That was the supply at the time, 4 million properties. Now we have less than a million. We also have 30 million more people looking to buy a house. So looking to buy population. Population. We have population of 30 million more people at this time. So we have more human beings. We have fewer houses being built. We have less properties out there for sale. This, the math there would lead you to believe that you should be fine. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a financial genius. But if you look at the history and you look at the current, it's widely, widely different. And the media is out there to make ratings. They want to, there was a thing, 150% foreclosure ratings the other day out on the news. And there were no foreclosures for two years because of COVID. So you've really got to watch the headlines and you've got to be careful. Are there any other things that you want to talk about? This is good, Helga. 
<laughs> I love right, it. And so I want to say you did so amazing up here. I have learned from both of these guys and uh, there's been times Barry's been critiquing me and Renee too, and amplify and I've busted out in tears. So girl, you have done it under the pressure in front of an audience of six, 700. Can we just give Helga a round of applause, please? Yes. Look at that chat box. All the love for Helga. Thank you so much. Excellent. And, and you know, Renee, we, we appreciate you so much. All of these things that you, you teach and you illustrate, you make it kind of just so much common sense, Renee, with the, the way that you break it down and analyze it and give us the why behind, I think makes it so easy for us. You know, and all of you just please remember that, you know, Practice and people say practice makes perfect. You know, perfect practice makes perfect, right, Renee? And, and uh, get in front of a mirror and, and practice your script. Do it with your teammates at work. This is so 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 effective. Uh, I believe that 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 you will just get sharper and sharper and sharper. Absolutely. I, I want to do two things if we have some time. One really quick. I want to run through that example with Renee really quick. If you don't mind the what we were just going through with Helga, how you would do it to leave it with a big kind of, you know, wrapping all together the lessons that you put together today. And then I want to you to tell the audience where they can learn more about you. So okay. first off, let's just wrap up every lesson here today. Renee, I'm thinking about purchasing a home, but I'm worried about a housing bubble. Not if I purchase. Am I doing this or is Barry doing this one? You're Am doing it. Or? You're doing it. You're doing it. So I, I can do it without the data. So bring it. Do to it me. without the data. Give us an example that we hear Barry every day. Do it. Yeah. Let me try. So give me the question again. Uh, you got me on the spot. I, I, I want to purchase a home, but I'm worried that there's going to be a housing bubble and that if I purchase today, that home is going to lose value. So awesome. I've been hearing a lot of that stuff too. Can I ask where you've been hearing that? The media. I watch the media news every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Are you, are you a big media fan? I mean, I, I like to stay in the know. Yeah. Stay in the know. Awesome. Here's one thing I learned, and I got to ask this question: Do you believe the media is a for like a service, a, a, a public service organization, meaning they're here to serve us with the truth to help us, or do you think it's a for-profit organization? That's a tough question. I know. Honestly, I used to think they were for us, but I kind of feel like they're for profit these days. To be honest. Yeah, you know what's crazy? I I do know a lot of media people in, in what I do, but also when I was a kid, I remember I'd watch the media because that felt like my trusted place. Yeah. But the sad part is the media isn't a public service organization. They're for profit. And you know what? I can't be mad at them for that because guess what? My family's for profit. The business that I run is for profit. I'm assuming you, you go to work for money, right? Yeah. So you're for profit too. And so they have to, as a business, here's where the ethical piece comes into play for me. As a business, decide how they make the money. And that's where the big challenges in the media and why people are having such a hard time is because they're going for what sizzles and what captures attention versus truth. So they've chosen attention over truth. And honestly, they have to, because how are they going to pay the bills, right? But we as consumers have to be smarter to look through that. Now, another question for you. Have you heard of day trading? You familiar with that concept? Yeah. 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 So you look at a stock and you buy it. And then within that day, you sell it again, you get this little increase, right? Yeah. And we've become such a short-term society. And I'm assuming, you know, you've seen this too, and kids wanting instant information. We can Amazon something from overnight to right now. I want it now. We look at data from right now. And in day trading, it's important to look at short snips of information. Do you think housing's the same way? No, it's a longer term thing. You know, I plan on living there a while. Hi, so kind of longer term or is for sure longer term? For sure, longer term. Is for sure. I, I agree. So the challenge with the media is they're looking at things like a day trader. 
What did it do today? And they're not backing out to look at the bigger piece. You know why? Because the bigger data isn't sexy. It's not all that interesting. And if something's not all that interesting, it didn't really move that much. And if you back up, let me show you this chart. If you notice, when you look at just today, assuming I know what I'm talking about, it goes in, it dips just today. Now, if I was day trading, man, I lost today. But like you said, notice I use their language. I let them say it. Like you said, we're looking at this from a longer term. So let's zoom out a little bit. Now look at it. Oh my God, what do you see? This is an upward trend. Now, if you look back further, how many little dips were there along the way? There's a lot of them. But the media loves those little dips because that means revenue for them. But the challenge you and I and my job, and here's where I have to care enough about you to be unreasonable. Mark those words down, use it. I have to care enough about you to be unreasonable, to not let you look at this from a day trader perspective, but I want to give you a broader view of what's going on so you can make a more informed decision. So I think let's pause there. I think we don't, we don't want to go too much further. Is that- Renee, Renee, Amazing. We'll, we want to make sure everybody heard what you said when she hit you with that. One of the first things you said was awesome. I've been hearing that too. See how we just did that so naturally and he completely did, like just validated, showed empathy in such a simple, easy way. He didn't have to go forever in like four words. He made a connection with the client. He said, I understand you're not crazy for thinking this. I'm not yeah. combative. I am agreeing with you. So he connected with them in just the, the most smooth, easy way that you can. Please remember that and, and utilize that. I think that that was highly effective. And everything else that you went through there, Renee, um, just underscored the lessons that you've been been giving here. It's been great. Someone's put something yeah. in there. There's a few things in the chat. Can we say sexy? Why the heck not, right? No. <laughs> um, but, um, but really, somebody said, uh, where can I see Barry and Renee? I know we're both speaking, brother, at Mastermind in June. Yep. Yeah, I don't know why we don't more often. That's the thing. Like, it's just, it's you know, you know, we talk to Matt Emery, who's doing a great job at that event. And maybe we should have a session. I know he was looking for one other speaker, but maybe we make it make a session where you and I do something like this and we pull people up from the audience and we just do some quick. Uh, I think that would be huge, especially if we get them from the audience or speaking in front of a room. Uh, I think that'd be fantastic. I'm in. Yeah. Yes, we will make sure to email you guys more information regarding mastermind. Um, but Renee, as far as your coaching, I know that we put together kind of a special discount today for these individuals on this call. And that's through your coaching program. I'm going to go ahead and put a link in here. And if you sign up for coaching today, Renee was kind enough to throw in 20 videos regarding and teaching sales training. Tell us a little bit about that. So the we I've been doing this for a long time. And a lot of times, most of the people have probably heard about the Amplify process, what I wrote the book about. Um, and I'll talk to you about that because I've got something I put together for you guys as well, by the way, for those that want to do this. There's two very simple ways to work with me. Well, well lots of ways. This free way is go to my podcast, the $20 way, buy my book. But the most simple way is to do our coaching program. If you like the style of what we did today, this is called co-learning. People think that they have to receive the coaching to get value from be- watching coaching. If you felt stress that Helga was going through, stress is the requirement for learning bio, biologically primary uh, delivery stuff. This is biologically primary. That's why we put stress on Helga, because this is like going to war. You can't get in a simulator and shoot a gun and then be ready for war. You got to be in warlike environment to be ready for warlike battle. Same is true in delivery and presentation and selling. And if you felt the stress that Helga was under, that means you are learning with her. And so I do a monthly coaching group where we do the same co-learning style where we deliver something of value and we bring people up on stage to go through this co-learning process so that people learn alongside. That is one of the most valuable tools. And the best part, 
it's less than $100 a month to get this training. Now, if you do the full year, I think you get like a month and a half or two months free, but you're also going to get the 20 other videos where I go in detail on sales process and developing your how and your why and a bunch of other really, really cool stuff. That link, I think, is right there. Um, don't, don't Stop putting the book up there, man. Just put the coaching one. There you go. Perfect. The coaching one is there. So click on coaching, watch the video, any questions there. But now those of you who want to go in detail, in depth on this, that's where the full Amplify course comes in. That's a two-day experience. Megan's been through it, I think, twice now. And that process where you're in a very small cohort of people, you're being in front of the room, I'm next to you going through developing your story on day one, but then day two is how do you apply that story to your business? What does it mean? How do you turn that into a value proposition? If you're trying to be a speaker, how do we get you on stage? A lot of the speakers you see on Mastermind, I coached. A lot of those people went through my program, if not twice. So they'll come to my, hey, I'm speaking next. Can we go through Amplify? People that are doing lunch and learns or even just one-on-one, you decide the output of the influence tools. And here's the thing I created for you guys. Normally, it's $6,000 per person to go through it. But we're going to give you a travel credit of $1,000 that'll cover your hotel and your airfare, unless you live there and you just get 1000 bucks. But $1,000 travel credit. So if you go to Amplify, uh, Madison, if you put there, she's got Amplify My Life. Megan, you just put it in there. And then okay. click on Select Dates, choose your city, and your code is travel. That'll give you $1,000 off. So what the coaching was the session- code? You kind of broke up. Travel. Travel. Really hard. Okay. <laughs> Code travel. Amplify my life. And so, yeah. Hey, questions, follow me on, on Instagram. I'm happy to, to answer any questions. All that good stuff. So we've got a coaching program. I think it's there. Uh, there you go. There's the annual piece as well. And, and you know what? I think we, we need to just acknowledge, Megan, what a great job you did to host this and also the role playing that you did. It wasn't easy for you. You were put on the spot several times and you had to come up with answers and stuff too. And you handled yourself as you always do amazingly. So Megan, thank you for all the, all the great stuff and all the sharing that you do, Megan. We all appreciate you very much. Renee, I can't thank you enough. My dear friend, my brother, you're a, you're a gift to this industry and, uh, and all of us that, that can, can gain so much from your knowledge. So, um, we love you. We appreciate you very much. Uh, thank you for spending your time here. And, uh, and, and guys, you know, support what Renee's doing and it'll help you. Um, y- you should just do it. I know that right now, you know, money's tight for sure. Uh, but this is a good investment in yourself, certainly. Um, appreciate that, Brad. Thank you. Uh, well, and, and we love all you guys. We, we do. You know, we, we care so much about you guys. We know you're going through, you know, an uphill climb right now. We do. We, we know it's, it's certainly a different story, but um, believe me, we're, we're trying to create stuff to help, you know, Megan, Dan, myself, Diana, Jake, the whole team at MBS Highway and Lister. We're, we're trying to figure stuff out that, uh, that will make your lives easier. I promise you, we're trying to bring you stuff every morning. We know what you're going through. So uh, we're, we're with you in this and, you know, count on us to keep on trying to do our best to make your life just a little bit easier and bring you just a little bit more success. It means a lot to us. We appreciate you. And, and, and we thank you guys, you know, God bless you guys. Thank okay. you very, thank you, Megan. I appreciate you guys have, have, uh, having me on here as always. What you guys are doing is more needed than ever. And whether or not we work together, remember, no more excuses. If you come from my era, this is where it comes. Yes. Out. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. I hope to see you guys on our monthly coaching program. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. I'm a huge fan of what you guys are all doing here. Anytime you want me back, I'm happy to join. Thank you. Bye, Thanks, everyone. Guys. Appreciate you.